Welcome to the We Forge On podcast, the show dedicated to men and the silent struggles we face day to day. From tips to deep conversations like today, we strive to give you a voice in a role that wants to keep you silent. I am your host, Soaring, and today I'm joined by Cal Joker, who's appeared on our Riku character deep dive episode. Uh, today will be a heartfelt conversation, um, but first let's jump to the intro. Welcome back. So today's topic will be a rough one. Uh, we're going to be talking about abuse. Um, abuse comes in different, uh, just comes in all shapes and sizes for everyone. Uh, some have been physically, emotionally, sexually abused, and it breaks my heart to hear about it. Uh, the thought um, is tragic that we can subject others to this type of treatment, but the best thing we can do is talk about our own experiences and see the signs to hopefully point it out for others and help them. Oh, man. So to glance over, I've I've been abused as a kid, um, both physically and emotionally abused. And throughout my life, that abuse from the same person has morphed into different types, which really sucks. Um, while as an adult, I have forgiven my abuser it's it's still hard to to deal with especially like me being a father and seeing how i treat my kids and then for my dad to be my abuser to see like who he is now is very different than who he was but there's some days where it's kind of hard for me to separate that person um <sighs> Yeah, I've typing out this episode has been a rough one for me. Uh, kind of almost reliving it to an extent. Um, do you have any abuse personally for you? Um, if you want to glance over it a little bit. So, most of my life, um, I, I had from a few different sources um, emotional mental uh manipulation um and and some physical as well um it it actually took me until in the recent couple years to really come to terms with the manipulation and a lot of the emotional um and i think to an extent, I always knew, but I just never faced it because I didn't. The way I was raised with the people I was raised, I had this outlook. And looking back and realizing. Neither side of my outlook was good. I latched on to someone who, whether intentionally or not, I, I actually have never even confronted them about this. Um, it's something that I've, I've struggled with contemplating. Um, but I was forced from a fairly young age to um, 
basically contribute to making sure that there was a roof over our head. Um, I had to cut short trips. I had to cancel conventions. I had to basically strip away parts of who I was just so that they could have an easier time. And I didn't really recognize it for what it was until a couple of years ago. Yeah, as as an adult, it's really hard to um, relive those moments. Sometimes you just it's from from like a like a normal person looking at the situation. Sometimes the reaction to it doesn't doesn't always make sense. So to to give some context, I, I was abused as a kid. Yeah, my dad was my abuser. He was physically and emotionally abusive to both me and my sisters. Um, using anything really nearby to hit me um, when I acted out. Um, my mom did absorb a lot of that abuse. Um, as an adult, I found out that my dad was also very sexually abusive to her. Um, so when he was physically and emotionally abusive to me, if he couldn't be abusive to us and my mom absorbed that he would sexually abuse my mom. Um, so she did her best to shield us, but sometimes it wasn't enough. Um, to the point that even I, as a 30 year old cannot walk by a two by four that has nails in it because I get flashbacks of being hit, um, by a two by four. Um, when my littlest sister was born, uh, the abuse became less physical and became more emotional. Um, I was, I was belittled. Um, you know, my dad would call me stupid, um, or just any other things to just put me down. Um, to this day, it led to a lot of like huge doubts that I deal with. So, or like I constantly second guess my answers because if I gave the wrong answer, um, I would be berated. So like, I don't know if you see me on Twitter, someone's giving me praise for something. Know that if I disregard it, it's not because I'm disregarding what you say. It's because I've had a good part of my life being put down. Um, and I thought growing up, I thought I did something wrong. I legitimately thought that I was a terrible son, um, a terrible brother. And I, I thought it was my fault for whatever reason. Um, up until it wasn't until I was in my thirties that my dad said he was proud of me. Um, which sucks that I didn't get to hear that until I was 30. Um, that abuse morphed again when I was a teenager. Um, my dad did the whole religion thing. Uh, he used, <laughs> I can see you get angry. Uh, but yeah, it, he, he used the whole religion thing. Um, he, so he wrote a book and I had the book on my shelf. Um, it's kind of talking about his life. Um, leading up to him accepting Christ and this, that, and the other. And one of the things that he said is like the reason why he, we went to church is because he wanted, if we were to learn to fear God, then we can then learn to fear my dad. Um, so 
he uh, would use Bible verses to berate my behavior, to get me to comply to what he wanted. Um, it took more of a passive-aggressive approach uh, when I wouldn't comply as readily as my siblings did. Um, being the last one of my siblings to become quote-unquote saved. Um, yeah, so <laughs> definitely led to a lot of skepticism when it comes to uh, the church, uh, especially now um, with the way that I see, like, so my uncle was gay. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away. I don't know if it was in relation to uh, him being gay. It It's hard to tell with the whole autos, uh, op, figuring out what killed him. <laughs> it's, uh, there's, you know, some, someone said there was one thing. Another person said it was another thing. I, I, I don't care how he died. I just know that I don't have my uncle anymore. And, um, both his grandma, um, which was my great grandma. Um, a lot of people in my family treated him differently because he was gay, which means I didn't get to have a relationship with him. So being an adult, being skeptical of the church, I'm like, if we would have just treated my uncle differently, I would have him in my life. He probably wouldn't be in my life now because he would pass away, but at least I would have had that chance. To, you know, he didn't feel welcome in the family, so he ran away. He went to California and then he went to London. Uh, my sister's also gay, and I see my parents treat her differently, and they gaslight me and say, We don't treat her differently. Yes, you do. <laughs> don't lie to me. You do. Um, you've always been against her lifestyle, and you've always you know, had the belief of just praying it away and that's not going to happen. Um, so I'm still skeptical of the church. Um, I have my own beliefs and I'm going to instill those in my kids. You know, that's all I can do. Um, so I don't call myself as a Christian. I just call myself a Christ follower. There's a lot of his teachings that I believe in. There's some that I don't, but I'm still learning. Um, so through the vast majority of my life, I've been dealing with some sort of abuse um and it's kind of led to how i raise my kids i don't want my kids to be uh i don't want them to grow up like i did to fear that if they say something wrong i'm gonna raise my hand to them um so it's led to me to try to hopefully raise my kids the opposite way my my dad raised me i know i'm not perfect but <laughs> it's all i can do um I was talking in the episode with Margie, um, of all the things that I could be, uh, growing up, the one thing I wanted to be was a dad. I didn't care if I was a police officer. I didn't care if I was a firefighter. The one thing, number one, I wanted to be a dad. And I hope that I'm living up to my fifth grade version of myself, <laughs> but you sucks yeah and i'm sure my wife would probably tell me well you clearly need therapy um for right now this is my therapy i don't know if i could talk to another person well besides you cal and obviously the audience <laughs> but like i don't know right. if i could talk to a professional right now um i'm still i don't know i need it I want to reach out to BetterHelp and see if there's something that we can do. Because 
if we can get sponsored by them, I will promote the shit out of them. Right. Um, I think it's valuable. I'm still on the fence of whether I need it. Like I could say I need it, but it's 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 easier said than done. But like I said, I just hope that my fifth grade self is proud of who I am. That I didn't subject my kids to what I had to endure. So, <sighs> Twelve um, minutes in, already crying. Talking about how you're all you ever wanted to be was a father. Um, for a long time, I made decisions based on not wanting to become a parent like my father, not wanting to end up like him. And so for a long time, I told myself, I just don't want kids because I didn't want to end up becoming like him. And I was like, well, there you go. That's your perfect reason not to is because you have that experience. That's, that's not true. Just because you want to not be some way doesn't mean you can always prevent it. All we can do is our best. I know my, my entire world around me is a product of what I went through growing up. I think that's the same for all of us. I'm, I'm at a point, I'm, I'm 31 years old, where I'm finally at a point where I can buy the things that I like. I can buy all the nifty stuff. I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it was weird because I was never, other than my brother, uh, I was never really cut down for the things that I liked. Um, I, it was from both of my parents. It was kind of a way to try and create a reliance on them. Of they would give just enough praise to try and hook me. Um, my father was absent most of my life. When he was around, he came in like a fucking hurricane. His way or no way. It, you do what he wants or you're gone. Um, and my mom would bend to that while he was around. And then after that, it was poof. Um, and it's it's really interesting to me with how... They both have changed in some ways since then. Um, uh, one example. So my parents weren't married until I was seven or eight years old. They got divorced when I was 16. And I just sit there in court and listen to my father lie on the stand that he had proof that my mother was a drug addict, that I would never succeed if left with her. Also, that he wouldn't have to pay child support. When they got divorced, that was all he wanted. And the fact that I had to go sit down with three professionals who all told me that I was a very well-spoken, very intelligent young man. I had a bright future. 
but at 16 years old, I was not emotionally mature enough to make the decision of which parent I wanted to live with. At 16 years old, I'm going to be 18 in less than two years. And that was just kind of the trend throughout most of my life. We moved around a lot, so I never got to set down roots anywhere. Any friends that I would form were gone in less than three years. So I never had a stable support system as a kid into my teenage years. Honestly, like there are people in my life today that I know for a fact, like I would throw everything down, jump to help them in a fucking heartbeat. But most of the people in my life, not most, not all, won't even fucking respond until it benefits them. And I think that's just kind of how for a very long time, I believed that's what I deserved. That I should always put myself out there, put myself out there, put myself out there, even when they're blatantly ignoring me. Just keep trying until they notice. Keep trying until they accept you. In high school, I was the goth kid in ROTC, in choir, part of all the productions. And... My skin color, we were the minority where I went to high school. So, if anyone was trying to stand out, it was me. But I was also the kid, well, I'm not trying to be different. This is just who I am. No. I was trying to be different and wound up just part of the same thing everyone else was. And looking back on it the way my father spoke to me throughout all the years how disappointed he was in how i was dressing how i wouldn't go to college how this that and the other fucking thing and it's funny because i graduated high school and i went to a college that i couldn't afford and i didn't give a shit about it because all he had said was, you're gonna, you have to work harder. You have to go to a good school. You have to work hard. Get a good job. I don't, I don't want what he says. And I think in my own way, I, I pissed that aside just to try and piss him off. The, the day I turned 18, I dyed my hair black and got my first tattoo. <laughs> he didn't see me for months after this point because he was he lived halfway across the country when he saw me he sat me down on the couch like a child and told me how ashamed he was because of how badly and how poorly this reflected on him and what would his friends think if they saw this and he asked me to promise him that I was never going to do it again. Either one. And I think we know that that didn't necessarily go his way. And I told him, I'm just like, I can't make you that promise. My word still has meaning when I give it. And I think that was one of the first times that I ever kind of just physically tried to break away from the situation that he had created in my life.
Um, so he, when he was gone and would show back up, he would be harsh, but then he would reward with praise and gifts. Whereas my mom created this system of, well, I need your help without saying it. Always wanting me to succeed so that I could help her. My entire life, the jokes were there of, so you're going to take care of me when you grow up, right? You're going to make sure that I don't have to live in a home. You're going to... And for years, I full force into it. I'm going to become a scientist so you never get old. I'm going to make sure that you can have anything you want. Up until my early 20s. Um, when I had put myself through hell. Going with her to work at 1 in the morning. Going to school at 5 in the morning for drill team and ROTC. Going home, doing homework, passing out. Repeat every day of the week even through college. And eventually I hit a point where I was given this offer to move somewhere where I could make to me at the time a really good living. And so I took it. And every week, when are you going to come help? When are you going to come help? Um, And it burned at me for a really long time because I didn't know how to address it. And I still haven't really addressed it. But the inlane narcissism from both of my parents created kind of a mentality for me that I needed to be needed. And if I didn't have someone that needed me for something every moment, why was I even here? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird looking at my parents now. They're kick-ass grandparents. But I was the oldest of five kids. I was, I was lucky to get attention. That's why I acted out. That's why I intentionally flunked classes. I I knew my shit. Like, I wasn't stupid. Like, I knew my shit. I had my homework done. I just didn't turn it in. Because I knew if I didn't turn it in, that the teacher would call my parents. My parents would then talk to me. Give me attention. Even if it was the wrong attention. It was still... It was still something. Yeah. Um, my dad worked a lot. As when we were, uh, let's see, be about fifth. Well, no, it was like second grade to like sixth grade. My dad worked a lot. He worked downtown. He also would go out of out of state. He would go to Kansas. So we live in Missouri. So he would go to Kansas, Minnesota, uh, California a couple times because um, he worked for a a technology company. I think they were putting up cell towers and um, he worked for Lucent, um, you know, and so he was always gone. And so when he came back, he would, 
he would try and make up for it by showering us with gifts. I remember one of the biggest ones that I got was it was around my either ninth or 10th birthday. Uh, Pokemon red and blue just came out. And for my birthday, I got a game boy and Pokemon blue. My brother played Pokemon red. Um, as a kid, I just thought this is kick ass. I'm getting a game boy, but growing up, my dad was just trying to buy my affection to make up for lost time. Uh, so I can, I can relate to that one wholeheartedly. Um, I want to say probably freshman or sophomore year, maybe even junior high. I don't know. Whenever Emerald came out, Pokemon Emerald, um, we were at Costco. It was like, a couple weeks before my birthday or something like that. And I was nagging the shit out of them because I wanted it. Yeah. And they made me a deal. Just like they make you a deal every time. Well, if I get you this, then you're going to do this. And now granted, I do I think that we should just be given everything we want? No. My kids, would, you, my kids now would definitely disagree. <laughs> they get everything. <laughs> they are so spoiled. <laughs> but it's because I, I don't get them things for their affection. I get them things because they're useful. Like I got them a phone because I need to be able to text them and call them. They have. Right. Uh, so we switched to we switched to iPhone because I need I needed to get my wife's medical alerts if she falls yeah. or something like that. I was not getting that on Android. I needed an iPhone for that. So we just jumped ship. We're all iPhone family now. And um, my kids are all kitted out. They don't have like, they don't have like a 14 pro or anything, but they have, they have a decent iPhone for their age group. Uh, They have the first gen Apple watch because guess what? Not every time are they going to have their phone on them. So then I can have them read their text message on their wrist. Um, And you know, it's also, it's a it's a little bit of a subliminal message to them to be a little bit more active <laughs> because then they're competing with their with their sibling to finish out their rings. Oh, oh, uh so my daughter is princess soaring, my son is kid soaring. So my my daughter, Princess Soaring, she's like, Kid soaring, did you complete your rings yet? And so he looks at his wrist and he says, No, not yet. All right, let me go walk around the house a little bit. But I don't buy things to get affection from my kids because I already get that because I'm a good dad. Um, I get them things because it's useful or it's something that they asked for for a little bit. We didn't have the money at the moment. Then I can get it later. Um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not buying their affection. I don't need to. That's. Um... That's that's if I ever become a parent. That's how I hope to be. That's who I hope to be. I know that I have things that I still have to work through. I have things that I'll be working through for the rest of my life. Same. Um, Because it's not like we can just unload it and it's gone. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything that has ever happened to us will always be with us. Yeah. Um, 
whether it be physical, mental, emotional, whatever it may be, that's something we're going to have to strive to work through forever. One sec, sorry. Um, wife's at work and I got home late, so... <laughs> um, So, my wife and I are both non-binary. We both use he, him pronouns. Uh, when we got married, my father threw a fucking fit. Now, he's gotten better over the years, but I haven't seen him in person in years. Oh, really? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it says it's not connected. What the hell? I hate uh -oh. this thing. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. Nope. What are you talking about? I am connected to you. You fucking piece of shit. There we go. Hey, there we go. You are. We're back. <laughs> All right. So, um, editing soaring. We are going to go ahead and just cut that whole section out and <laughs> put. Or I can just do like the, the technical difficulty scene. I don't know. We'll figure something out for that <laughs> section. Um, yeah. So uh, fun, fun. I need to flip my camera because I am not. Because in the video, it's going to look weird if I'm facing the opposite way. Okay. And scene. Fair enough. Okay. It it, oh. it something like that would happen on this week. It's right. it's without going into the weeds, it has been a pretty shit week. Which is why today's episode is sponsored by the We Forward John Fourth Wall store. A new design hey. has just been added. It is the We Forward John self-care t-shirt. Uh We've talked about self-care a couple times on the on the podcast. So I put the top four um, the top four tips on a shirt. And so editing soaring is gonna have a picture of it right here. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shirts will be discounted until the end of March, and then it will go up to I think twenty-five is the typical price. But right now they're twenty dollars. Okay. Well, I know I'm getting one after payday, so. Me too. I'm getting two of them, actually. One okay. for me and one for the missus. Okay. <sighs> so, yeah. Abuse sucks. <laughs> I, I think that's... I wish that was something that everybody could understand, and I wish everyone could understand just how little something can seem to them, but still be monumental to someone else. I, I think the best way to put it is just because you don't think it's abuse doesn't mean it's not. I, I know for a fact that I've unintentionally done shit that has hurt people that I care deeply about. I've made a lot of mistakes. I own up to that. 
and I'm working to not be that person to not make those mistakes anymore. Because like I said, I don't ever want to become my father. He's in, in recent years, uh, at least from when I've talked to him, he seems like he's been a better person. Um, but like I said, I haven't seen him in years. So I don't know. I mean, that's really all we can do is just everything that we've been through, use that as the catalyst to make ourselves better. Um, for me, with my, I mean, I've, I've faced every form of abuse. Um, when I was in Boy Scouts, so I, I am a very shy person that showers. I waited till um, they played the uh, the music to everyone go to bed, and that was my cue to tell my scoutmaster, "Hey, I'm gonna go take a shower real quick. I'll be back." And I would grab my things and I would go take a shower. Um, the first two nights were okay. The third night was when I was um, when I was abused in the shower, and it led to many 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 years of me being scared to go into the shower mind you i was i think i was 17 at this point and the it, it was three kids that were just about to turn 18 this was their last year at camp and it's it's made um looking at the boy scout organization differently <laughs> because the people I thought I could trust, um, they didn't have my back or they thought I was making it up. Um, and they didn't pursue it further. Um, you know, it's led to trauma just even, just even with my own shower. Um, yeah. So I've I've faced abuse of all shapes and sizes. Now, has it been as traumatic as other people? Probably not. All I can do is speak from my own experiences, try to identify the signs in other people, and try and hopefully help others. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to be 34 this year, and I haven't really fully. Uh, confronted my dad for everything. I just did the passive aggressive thing and says, yeah, 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 I forgive you. And just went about it because I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't like confrontation. I don't want to confront the issue. Um, best I can do my, my reasoning why I haven't confronted is because what's it really going to do now? really all it's going to do is just air dirty laundry and uh, create more distance with my family and taint the relationship that my kids have with their grandparents. And I don't, I don't want that. So at this point I'd rather just, just let bygones be bygones and just be better. You know, uh, That's all you can do raise my kids to never have to fear me. 
Because my job as their parent is not for them to fear me. My job as their parent is to provide a roof over their head, food in their stomachs, clothes on their back, and a safe environment that they can grow up in. And know that they can be their full, unashamed selves. Uh, a couple years ago, my parents asked, well, what would happen if, if your son said he was gay? Guess what? I would accept him no matter what. 100%. I don't care. Gay, bi, trans. I don't give a shit. He is my son through and through. Or if, you know, he identifies as, you know, she or they, I will address them appropriately. Because that's my job as their parent, is to make sure that their environment that they live in is 100% safe for them. And if I'm not providing that, then I need to figure out how to provide that. That is my job as their parent. Under my, uh, under my power, they will not have to face what I had to face. And I will kick every single one's ass that gets in the way of that. I don't like fighting, but when it comes to my wife and my kids, I will put you in the ground. I get that. I I I think I'm I'm kind of on that same that same branch of like I don't want confrontation. I don't want the fight. I don't want There's nothing that can come out of it that's going to make it go away. Yeah. It happened. We all have to live with it. Do I think that I would benefit if they recognized what they did? Maybe a little. Once again, I still have to live with it. I told myself a long time ago, the best thing I can do is better myself. And when I have a family, to be better for them. And just like you said, when it comes to my wife, I will burn down the entire world. I don't, I don't like to get angry. I don't like to get loud. It's, I think we kind of, I'm trying to think of the word internalized our anger to a point where it's there it's ready yeah when we need it i scare myself when i get angry i don't i don't know about you but i, I broke something... a pallet today <laughs> i wanted to I was doing inventory prep. Um, when I get pissed off to the point where I can't stop myself from speaking out, I don't like who I become. It's not the person I used to be, but it's still not good. It's not healthy. But letting everything go isn't always healthy either. 
we have to face things in our lives. We can't just sweep it under the rug. If we never acknowledge it, we can never move beyond it. Yeah, I was trying to think. There was a phrase that comes to mind. Um, when when dealing with anger, um, so I, I'm I'm very much the same way. Like if I give in to anger, I become the worst person. Uh, today, I dealing with all of the stuff that's been happening this week, and also really missing my grandpa um so in in my life my my grandpa on my mom's side was probably my best role model for a guy a man in my life um he didn't he didn't get angry um to my knowledge he was never abusive he was always the he was always the um the one that would try to rationalize things before making the decisions, even if it meant taking a couple days to think of that decision, that's what he would do. He wouldn't, he would never make a decision right off the cuff. And I'm sure it pissed my mom off because she would ask him and say, Hey, I need, I need your answer on this. And he's like, well, let me think about it. And, um, <laughs> and that's just who he was. If, when we were sick, and so he worked. He worked as a janitor for a casino close by to where we live, and so he would work nights. So sometimes when my parents had to work and one of us was sick, we were home with him. Uh, sometimes he was resting. Sometimes he was just watching TV. Uh, I know you can see it, but I'm gonna grab my the pillow real quick. Yeah. So, uh, just to, to create a little bit of levity, um, so when we were homesick, my grandpa would always go to the gas station and he would grab us a, a Dr. Pepper. Sometimes we would convince him to get the bigger one, the one liter, um, <laughs> but most times he would just grab us like a regular 12 ounce and then he would grab us a bag of Funyuns. Hey. That was his go-to. That He's like, oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Take some medicine, but you'll definitely need this too. Um, so anytime I go to to the gas station, I see Dr. Pepper and there's a, a end cap with Funyuns right by, I instantly think my grandpa. I also remember um, sitting with him in his room and watching TV. He, he would just have this infectious laugh. Um, we would watch slapstick. So he liked uh, Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, uh, I Love Lucy, you know, anything that had slapstick humor in it, we would watch it. And um, unfortunately, he passed away in 2020. Um, to this day, I beat myself up because I didn't say my last goodbyes to him because I rationalized, well, I want to remember him in his prime. I want to I want to remember when he was my grandpa and not, you know, <laughs> the shell of who he was. Um, but this last Christmas, my my mom finally had the strength to go through his his things. Um, 
because he was the last one in her family that passed away because she lost her brother and then she lost her mom and then her dad was the last one to go. And so it took her a while to go through his things. Well, yeah, they went through his things and they found a bunch of his old shirts. And um, so the, pil- the pillow that I'm clutching is one of his shirts and unbeknownst to my mom, this was the shirt that he would wear when he would get off of work. So he would he would get into some pajama bottoms and then he would just throw on this shirt. Um, <laughs> it had holes in the armpits. He didn't care. He wasn't going anywhere. This was his shirt that he was going to sit and watch TV. And if I was homesick <laughs> or if I came home from school um, and he was still up, this is the shirt that he would wear when I would sit with him and watch uh, TV. Um, someone on Twitter today said that if you can bring back somebody, who would it be? And I said, I want my grandpa back because I want to hear his belly laugh one more time. And then ask if he was proud of me, but he's my, he's the best example for a parent, for a, a man in my life. I love, I love my dad. I could see past the abuse that he put me through. He put me through the ringer. And I, I do love my dad. Um, I, I do forgive him for the, the shit he put me through. But when I think about the ideal man, I don't think of my dad. I think of my grandpa. So I've been really missing him this last couple of weeks. And then on top of everything else that was going on, I eventually just let into my anger. And I was moving around some pallets at work. So I drive a box truck. And so I have a pallet okay. jack in my truck. And so I was moving around pallets and I get back to base and I go to unload everything. And the pallet is just not moving. It's got a bunch of crap on top of it. It's just not moving. And uh, my boss was like, well, let me get the forklift. And so he went to go grab the forklift. And I just, my anger just took hold and I I essentially broke the pallet in half when they took the con. So it was bales of cardboard. It was cardboard that had baling wire on it. So it was like, it's his own thing. I just moved that out of the way and I chucked the pallet. But before I chucked it, it was already broken in half because I broke it because I was that angry with everything going on. So when I get angry, I become the worst person possible. I get that. But because we're a podcast to try to give tips and advice, don't let yourself give into that anger. Find a positive outlet. Don't take out take it out on a pallet or another person or yourself. Definitely don't take it out on yourself. Um, there's positive outlets that you can do. Find find the ones that work for you. Sometimes it's just counting to 10, like uh, quietly to yourself. Just count to 10. Um, just anything that you can do to calm yourself down. Don't give in to anger because you're going to do things that you... I mean, it felt fucking great breaking that pallet. <laughs> but find positive ways to utilize that anger versus what I did. <laughs> It's been a it's been a rough couple weeks. 
and this week was the 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 nail on the coffin essentially yeah um i a lot of people in in our community people that we know have been greatly affected by something that happened this week um and it wasn't until last night that I let myself actually take it in. Yeah. Because from the minute that it happened, person A, B, and C were all breaking down. And I know that it's not my job. No yeah. one asked me to be the person to be there. But as someone who wishes that in my dark times I had somebody there and I had nobody. Hi, Finn. <laughs> um, I couldn't let them be alone. I couldn't. If I see someone in pain, if I see someone suffering, I want to do everything I can. Even... I don't care. Like, I my wife hates me for this, but I I make self depreciating jokes all the fucking time. <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of jokes. I know my worth. I know where I stand. I don't hate myself anymore. Wow. It's weird to say that and actually mean it. Yeah. Um, but no, I. I don't ever want people to be in pain even if I don't like them because yeah. that doesn't help anybody and so last night I, I kind of just sat down and took everything in that's happened and it kind of just I think it was really appropriate that we were covering this topic today yeah because when, when there are drastic changes in your life, in the people around you, in the people you love, it hurts. It's not intentional. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's abuse, because it's not. But when things happen, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. All we can do is hope for the best and keep moving forward. Um, if there's one thing that I can say about abuse, being a victim of abuse that I wish someone had told me. It's not your fault. You didn't do this. And you can't get through it. 
whether you even know what's happening or not, you can become so much more. And you can't let what one person or however many people have chosen to do or say define you. You are the only person who can determine who you are. And I wish I knew that at 16. Yeah. I wish I knew that when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something everyone should hear at some point or another in their life. One second. Finn, you are not allowed to jump over there. You are going to <laughs> hurt yourself. Don't turn off the PC. <laughs> he wasn't going to turn off the PC. I've seen many streamers where their cat is playing around on the computer and they say, you know, stream's gone. <laughs> he. So. The keyboard that my wife has currently. Basically has an auto kill button on it. Ooh, fancy. Not intentionally, but it does. <laughs> and this one intentionally or not, we'll find it almost every chance that he gets. Um, it's okay, we love Finn. <laughs> oh, hold on, baby. You're stuck. You're stuck. There you go. Yeah. Okay, no showing the camera your butthole. <laughs> This yeah, is not only, I think this is not only fins. I think something I try to do on Twitter is I. I've been through the ringer. I have, uh, you know, we've talked about the abuse that I've experienced, um, but I try and make sure that I put as much positivity back in the world as possibly can. There's a lot of things that I could shitpost about. I know when I first started Twitter in 2012, man, I was an avid shitposter. <laughs> but today, today, sorry, and I went by a different name. I think I think my original name was Akuma Kage. That was back in my Gaia Online days. Oh my god, no. <laughs> Not the Gaia Online. Yes. No. I, I recently logged back into it. Holy hell, that website's a shit show. <laughs> it's lo oh. It looked like it stayed in 2009 and has not progressed since. Although, it's good to know that I have like 8 billion coins worth of inventory. Hi, Finn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> and to go back through all my old roleplay guilds, Oh, no. I, I, yeah, I was an avid. I mean, I was. So, Akumakage is, is a shadow bear. Uh, that was my, my whole thing. So, like, I was definitely a Naruto stan. And so, like, I, my RP character had, like, a, had a, I can't, I don't remember how many tails I said that my character had. Like, but the beast was inside was like a bear. Uh, this was before I, I, I took the, the bird moniker and became soaring. Um, 
<laughs> but anyways, so back to Twitter. I I try and put as much positivity out there as possible. Um, so if anyone is going through abuse, um, there's outlets that you can go to. Uh, there's an app called White Flag. It's on iOS and Android. Um, that's where you, if you can't get a professional, but you need to talk to somebody, you can go to this app. It's a hundred percent anonymous. The only thing that they require from you is an email address and a phone number. The only reason why they need your phone number is to verify that you are you. Other than that, they don't have any need for your information, but you can put in the stuff that you're dealing with and you can put up your white flag and you can talk to somebody they're not professionals they're going to be random joe schmoes but there's they're going to be someone you could talk to um if you are in a desperate need call your local authorities if it's a i believe it's if it's domestic abuse you can treat the phone call as if you're calling for pizza um yeah and they will send the help that you need. There's many, many outlets out there to get help. But like what Cal said, or I guess it's, yeah, it's still Cal, but it's not the Joker. Part. Yeah. Okay. So like Cal said, it's not your fault. You are worthy to be loved, to be, you are deserving of love. Whatever you're going through, it is not like if you are, experiencing abuse it's not your fault i wish i knew that as a kid and again in my pre-teen years and then in my teen years and in my 20s it's not your fault i i, I don't care what their excuse is it's not your fault we love you we hope that you can get the help that you need there's many resources. I will link all of it down below. Um, so this is this is our episode ten. Uh, I'm gonna have, um, hopefully, we'll have some more lighthearted topics here in the future. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes you just gotta talk about the hard things. Um, in season one, uh, I talked with Tear, and we talked about suicide and our attempts. That was a pretty hard episode to talk to. I shoot, I cried. I think I muted my mic and I had to cry. It was a rough one. Um, I watched that video, but well, it wasn't a video. It was a, it was audio or, only. You, uh, audio, but you, but um, you know what I mean. But this this is what the podcast is for: is to have these hard top is talk about these hard things because guess what not everyone's going to talk about this they're going to sugarcoat it they're going to say life is grand uh and that's not how the real, real life works real life is filled with um butterflies and rainbows and the whole ground is covered in shit you're just going to have to learn to navigate through it um the best thing that we can do as guys is to be open and vulnerable so that we can teach the next generation to be just as open and just as vulnerable. Because as soon as we can get through this hurdle of not internalizing everything, the better off all of us guys are going to be. We get a bad rap that we don't emote properly. 
And it's not because we don't want to. It's because society doesn't want us to. But that's what this podcast is for. To talk about the heavy things. Stop showing your ass, Finn. He's an addict. <laughs> but I super appreciate having you, Cal. I know this was a hard one to talk about. Um, but like I said, it's one of those necessary things we have to talk about in order for us guys to be better off. Any last thoughts? Uh, something you just said, actually. Um, my wife last night, when I was dealing with everything, you don't always have to be strong for everyone. It's important to know that to be strong means that sometimes you can be a little weak too. You don't have to shoulder everything. And if you need help, people are here to listen. Yeah. I've said this many times on the podcast. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. No. It's the it's exact one of the hardest opposite. thing you can do. Asking for help is the greatest show of strength you can ever exhibit. And if I can help every single person out there, I would. But you got to learn when, what your limits are. We're here for you. Um, this, with this being the 10th episode, we're also opening up the Discord. So if you're a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to the Discord. Link will be in the, in the description. Uh, same with also social links for both myself and Cal, as well as Saya, who does our intro and outro music. Um, Thank you, Saya. Yep. I super appreciate you, Cal. Thank you for being here. Um, Thanks for having me. We'll have some more lighthearted conversations soon. Yes, I think we need it. But until then, remember, when life gets you down, stand tall and we forge on. <laughs>